if you find that you're not so good of a storyteller in person, so with friends, at events, you know, maybe you just had a Thanksgiving and you bombed, <laughs> we've all been there. Uh, so today's episode is going to really help you out. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use the stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. What is up, my Storytelling Secret listener? Thank you so much for tuning in. We're very close to approaching 200. Actually, might be a 200. I'm not 100% sure. Very close. I've got a special episode coming up for episode 200. Um, and I'm going to continue with last week's theme because it seemed to be popular. As in, people didn't get annoyed that I republished an Encore episode. Uh, frankly, I, I love doing those. Or I love listening to Encore episodes because <laughs> chances are you don't remember this stuff as well the first time and sometimes you re-listen to it like oh there's something new I picked up from that just like in your book so I want to do that again this week and I'm looking back through my charts it's actually interesting because episode one two and three are the most downloaded but guess what episode four the most fourth most downloaded episode is episode 118 and the title is how to tell better stories in person even if you're not a a good storyteller, I go break down some killer in-person story, uh, in-person storytelling strategies that work super well. I've picked these up over the years. I have not Googled this shit. This has just been through trial and error, just from picking up what people uh, engaged in at the time. So uh, you're going to really, really like this episode. Without further ado, here's the Encore episode from episode 118. You're going to really gonna like this one. Hey, this is Jules Dan. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. So glad you're here with me. Hey, I've got some new listeners on board. I can tell through my stats. So if you're new here, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. If you're liking it, please subscribe. Please leave a review and I'll read it out on the show. Um, but, you know, I mentioned this at the start of the first solo show of 2021. I said that I maybe deviated a little bit from focusing on storytelling. Now, obviously, like I said, I can't. Every episode cannot be just about storytelling. I'm going to do it as best I can to tie it back, but I'm going to back up my promise with something about storytelling today. Now, if you don't know, I've mentioned this way, way further back in my archives. The reason, what the motivation for me wanting to get better at storytelling before I even started this podcast was that I went on a really long trip overseas. Oh, not really long. Most When some people say really long, it might be like three years. I went for about nine, ten months to North America. I did a whole bunch of really cool stuff. I did like student exchange. I did, I went to Mexico. I went to Guatemala on this adventure trip with my buddy. I went backpacking by myself in Canada. Uh, heaps of cool stuff. Lots of precarious stuff happened. A lot of sketchy shit happened. 
And at, at that time, very, very scary. When I came out of it, I realized, man, these are great, great stories. I need to learn how to tell them in order to, I don't, I don't know, make the situation just go, I don't know how to explain that, but you've got to keep that memory going. And uh, I don't know why I just had this urge to be able to tell a good story. Cause I remember I tried to tell it a few times. I came back and people were just like, is that it? Like, no. So I got really into just learning the structure of a story, how to get people intrigued, how to get people in sucked in, get attention and that sort of thing. Then I started the podcast a bit later and then, you know, journey's just gone more and more learning into stories. And so now every so I, every single like I said I've got all these just outlandish crazy stories from these crazy situations and all my friends are like tell this story tell this story I'm like, all right all right and um yeah during covid I was I moved to a neighboring city Adelaide and uh I've recently moved back and so I didn't see my buddies for about a year and I had them over for some drinks and I caught up with them for the first time in the year it was really good we had a few beers played some beer pong and I noticed the conversation got quiet. And whenever this happens, I just love jumping in and asking, so who wants to hear a crazy story? Every single time everyone says, yes. And then, so I can't really share this story for the podcast. Uh, probably a little bit too, a little bit too crazy. Um, it wasn't too bad. It was just a crazy neighbor story. But, uh, but that's, that's tip number one. And uh, there's a few tips I'm going to give. I think there's three tips I'm going to give you today. And that's tip number one is to get attention at the right moment. Okay, so when everyone's hungry for the entertainment and everyone, I, I knew there was a quiet point in the conversation and everyone was talking to each other and they stopped and there was a, like a bit of a silence. That's when I jumped in and had the converse and, and, and said, prompt, you want to, hey, who wants to hear a crazy story? Now, how many times have you ever, you know, heard a story from someone and then straight after that story, someone else tries to tell another story that was better? Now, I don't know, I don't know about you, but when someone does that, it, it feels like they're just trying to one-up the other person. It feels like they're just, they're trying to get, feel like, I don't know, it, it doesn't make that person feel good. And obviously, you want to make everyone feel good and not just feel like you're superior because you've got the better story. So... Trying to avoid when people have told a story and then t- telling a better story. Try and avoid doing that because what's going to happen is that the person who just told the story really feels like you weren't even listening to what I was going to say. You're just waiting to have your moment to speak, and uh, that's that's not that's not a really nice thing to do, is it? It's also not how you win friends and influence people. And a favorite book of mine that's kind of related to how to win friends and influence people. More on the villain side, though, is uh, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Crean. Robert Crean. Robert Green. And uh, he's got this... And like I said, so you're getting everyone's attention at the start, but at the right timing. That's so important. Having the right timing, not wanting up someone. But step number two is you court attention at all costs. And that is law number six from Robert Green's 48 Laws of Power. If you haven't read that... Go read that. It's just one of those staples that everyone needs to know. Uh, obviously, when you read some of it, and you're like, that is just fucking evil. <laughs> but 
but people do this sort of stuff so keep in mind that they're doing this stuff to grab power from you but we're not talking about something evil we're talking about something else courting attention at all costs so what is that law it's number six and i've taken a little bit out of context but the same sort of principle lies and here it is as everything is judged by appearance, you must stand out. Make yourself appear larger, more interesting, and more mysterious than the masses. One way to do this is to surround your name with sensation and scandal. Bear in mind that notoriety of any sort brings power. It's preferable to be slandered than to be ignored. It keeps going on about what the, the thing is. Uh, it goes a little bit deeper into more specifically, but the main sort of thing I'm getting at here is you want to be, it's it's a good idea to be surrounded with sensation and scandal. And that's why I said, I always, I only like to tell crazy stories to my friends because it just gets their attention. And, and like I said, step number two in telling a better story in conversation is to court attention at all costs. That's why 80% of my stories are outrageous. They're wild. And I, you bet I'll make them much, much larger than life. So how do you court attention? Okay. What are some steps you can do that? Well, I've picked up a few tips from along the way. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to throw my hands up and be like, everyone listen to me. There's better ways to do it. More elegant ways to do it. So I watched this video of Kevin Hart at a few different interviews. I actually think it was a breakdown of him being why he's a good storyteller. And one of the first things he does, let's say he's in like a group panel, like Jay Leno or Jimmy Fallon or whatever it is, is not just him and the, the, the speaker. There's a few different other speakers there. And so everyone's, you know, chatting, bantering and stuff. And then he'll be like, hey, hey, listen, listen, hey, listen, listen, listen. And then once he gets everyone's attention and everyone goes quiet, that's when he gestures like, you know, like come towards me, come towards me. And then all these little like signals and body language cues, that's how you you grab attention without being a bit of a jerk. And like I said, you got to build on timing. Once you look at, once they look at you, I got this tip from Keanu Reeves just by observing what he does. Before he tells a story, you know, he rubs his hands like, it's going to be juicy, it's going to be good. This really builds the anticipation of what you're about to say. So, obviously, you want people leaning in. Obviously, you want people listening, like leaning on the edge of their seats. What is this guy about to say? Going straight into it, going all loud and boisterous, you know whatever <laughs> it's not really courting attention it's like this is the best way to do it and uh so what so that's that's uh what was that step number two is court attention or costs uh number three i think we've actually got four number three here this is obviously it's an obvious one but i gotta remind it okay cadence pitch and big gestures so cadence is how speed so if you're talking really fast, and I don't want to bring you the story and the climatic pitch, but then you talk really quiet and you use pauses. It got really suspenseful. No, he used huge gestures to imitate the story. Okay, you see what I mean? So like all these little different minute details. So let me let me bring this more into perspective. Okay, so here's how I love to do it. Um, to use cadence, pitch, and gestures. Because people can say use these three, but then how do you apply it? Okay, so right at the start, I've got everyone's attention, it's the right timing, it's fairly relaxed tone, and then I throw in tension straight away just by raising my voice. So people were in this relaxed setting before, and that was their frame, and if you've read anything on frame control, I highly recommend you, it's very simple to grasp, but the frame is just simply 
the the mode that that person is in, whether in a relaxed mode, they're in an aggressive mode, a flirty mode, a banter mode, whatever it is, that that's their frame. I I, I think that's the best way to put it. I could be wrong, but that's why I've, I've I've interpreted it. If everyone's in this like relaxed, jovial sort of setting, and then you come in that you match that you match that frame, and then boom, you quickly change it to raising your voice. Okay, that's how you quickly change the frame. You grab attention. And everyone's looking at you. So sometimes if everyone's sitting down, I might even just stand up and match my body language to what's happening. But the thing is, like I said, changing the frame, so maintaining the frame and then changing the frame is what keeps people guessing and what keeps people listening to your story. So I'll start with that high energy. I'll start with the big gestures. I'll start with, with all that sort of stuff. But then, like I said, I'll whisper for suspense. Oi! Like someone knocking on the door, making sound effects, mimicking with my, uh, doing all these things with my mouse, like a, a bird or a car, like zoom, just being over the top, being a character, almost being like an actor, so to speak. And every single time, everyone just, this isn't a trip my own horn, but all my friends say, like, you're a good storyteller because you do these things. I'm like, thank you. But now you know that these are the sort of things that make a good storyteller in person, in conversation. Use these because they're powerful. Which brings me to the next point. One of my friends, I, I broke this this little tiny detail into it. Um, so, and this this next point goes into use subtle visual imagery to describe the setting, so that it gets remembered. Okay, so in, in one of the story I was telling my mates, we're all drinking beers and stuff. Um, my housemate was carrying a box of pizza, and this really angry neighbor approached him, and. After the story was done, my friend said, why did you even mention a pizza box? And I replied, like, you, it helped you paint the picture in your mind, didn't it? And he's like, he nodded and everyone agrees. like, yeah, yeah, it's true. Even though it had no merit to the story narrative whatsoever. Okay, so I want people to imagine in their mind and picture all this stuff going on. If you're just going on a sequence of events, it's not going to create this what's called narrative transportation. That's, there's a lot of science behind that. Narrative transportation. If you can get people to imagine what's the story in their mind, you've got them hooked. They're a lot more receptive to what you say. So I like to pepper the story with these little minute details of the setting. And that really helps, especially if it's, I've said this before in the past, non-descriptive. I don't say what color the pizza box is. I don't say what kind of pizza. Um, I you could use smell in that in that case, um, but don't say what the smell is. If you leave it up to the person listening to the story, they'll make it up in their own mind, which I love, love, love. And that's it for today. So, just to recap, I've got some. We've got the four tips, I believe. Okay, use visual imagery. I'll start from number one. Okay, number one is you have to get everyone's attention at the right timing. Okay, when there's a pause, there's a silence, there's a pause, you know, everyone's sort of hungry for that bit of entertainment. It's the worst timing when someone just tells a story and then you tell the story right after, especially in a group setting. It it just looks like you're trying to one-up them and make their story look like shit. No one wants to be that person. Number two is court attention at all costs. So like Kevin Hart does, listen, listen, listen. Hey guys, guys, guys. And gesturing people to come towards you, rubbing your hands, having a bit of silence, indicating that something juicy is about to drop. 
Number two is to use cadence, pitch, and gestures. So know when to change the frame and when to match the frame. So when people are relaxed at the start, keep that frame, boom, throw intention straight away with your voice increase the level of voice, stand up, do a gesture or something like that. You break the frame quickly by doing that and you get people much more drawn towards your story. And you keep changing the frame so you make people guess, all right? So whispering for suspense, using surfaces to make sound effects, simulating sound effects with your mouth, pause when you change a character in your story. All these sort of things just add up to just intrigue and people getting sucked in. And that last one I said, visual imagery describe the setting just minute details that people can fill in in their heads so you can take them to narrative transportation all right that is it for today's episode i hope you enjoyed it i will be i've got into a good habit now i write a lot more in the i get up much much earlier i do a lot of my writing for my own personal marketing rather than clients in the morning so i won't promise this will be out in a blog very soon but i will be releasing better show notes, more sort of a blog so you can go read this through. Um, so by next week, that will definitely be up. Um, won't be the prettiest website ever, but the content will be good. Everything we'll be speaking about will be here. So you can catch that. I'll mention it more in the next episode. But other than that, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, recommend it to a friend. If you enjoyed it even more, leave a, leave a review. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. I really appreciate your kind words. Other than that, this is Jules Zan. Hope you enjoy my podcast. I will leave you here. We're going to be here for the next here Thursday for the uh, guest interview. I'll see you then. Bye for now.